0: Welcome to the Lords of Loud, we're four music fans from Australia who have turned our old email debates into
1: this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always is Lord Brett, the funny one, only because we've seen him dance, Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a mic, and Lord Al, the cute one, with the perfect face for any podcast. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud, and you find yourselves listening to another isolation special episode, and thank you very much, Kev, for (coughs) last week's,
2: (coughs) um, that's a dry coffee, still
1: dry coffee, still can't find a, a, can't seem to find a testing uh, place yet, so none of us know if we've had it or got it or, or, you know. Passed it on to a to a million other people. But uh, thanks, uh, Kev, for last week's episode, where you, it was basically a response to the uh, the episode where we were locked out of the the recording bunker. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't got, call it
2: locked out; just an accident. Oh, happened. look,
1: uh, we're still there's investigations ongoing, of course. But um, uh, I think we're safe. Mixing messages, yeah, you know. I think I think we all know, what know. there. Yeah. So thanks for that, Kev. Um, But yes, we still find ourselves in an environment where we're having to do these things in self-isolation and across uh, the interwebs, as opposed to all being in a room together. So thanks for your patience for audio quality and for uh, general crapness of the actual uh, broadcast. Uh, But let's move on to
0: rather than. The you know, two context, best
1: parts of this show, yeah. which of course Are the album of the weekend and our sponsor So I believe, Brett, you've got An album of the week for us this week
3: Yeah, and it comes from, from Being isolated um, uh, So everyone in isolation Is watching uh, Their screens a lot more And so I upon a Leonard Cohen uh, documentary Called I'm Your Man, which came uh, From 2006, it's on YouTube uh, But you'd have to buy it um, but there's a there's an album that accompanies it, and uh, and it's a cracker. Uh, it's got the Wayne rights on it, both Martha and Rufus. I mean, that just mm-hmm. that's that's your that's your bookend yeah. pair. Basically, uh, uh, but there's also it's almost there's a pack of also not That's right, that's right. But Nick Cave um, uh, does a song, uh, He can got u U two song. But um, I, I find hey, it hard. Yeah, repeat that. Nick Cave does a U two song. No, no, no. Nick Cave oh. and U2 are on it as well. Oh. Uh, they're, they're, in the universe had
1: collapsed already, and Nick Cave oh, yeah. was doing a
3: U2 song. Sorry. Yeah. So, on, on when you watch the documentary, there's a U2 song that you yeah, know. Sorry, oh. U2 and oh, excuse me. Wow.
1: Kev, you're <laughs> yeah, really, that's you're really, you're really playing it up, mate. Or do you need to go? <laughs> I filter just from
0: some flu like it. symptoms. Just, just symptoms. Do you have that, a fever? That mate? That's
1: what we're. <laughs> Jesus. I think right allergic a,
0: dilemma Cohen. I don't know.
1: Can you catch this thing through the internet or not? <laughs> That's right.
2: We should be well, surprised. Kev didn't even cough into his elbow, uh, sneeze into his elbow. So I think <laughs> I, <laughs> I felt a bit of going. spray
3: at this end. Mm. So. He's a carrier. Anyway, do yourselves a favour. Uh, uh, Leonard Cohen, I'm your man. It's the, the soundtrack to the documentary. Uh, documentary is pretty cool as well. Um, but you can listen to the, to the soundtrack for free on on Spotify. So.
2: So, and it's Nick Cave. <laughs>
1: it's Nick Cave doing covers of U2 songs. So sounds, sounds <laughs>
2: What
1: are incredible. the Wayne Nick,
0: doing? Nick does U2. Yeah,
2: that's right. Uh, does he?
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. All
2: right.
1: I think... Uh, <laughs> which brings us to this week's album sponsor. Whoa. And this week we've got a, an incredibly great album, great Australian artist here in Simon Gallagher. Uh, and this is his great album, Opening Night, and if you look on the cover here, Gallagher's in a uh, Gallagher, sorry, not Gallagher. A lot of people make that mistake. Um,
3: <laughs> well, the hair alone is a match the for hair the Gallagher. The hair alone is incredible.
1: Brothers. I mean, how do you get that much buff out of that hair? It's incredible. And uh, that's with a his figure. His apricot pants uh, and tan jacket. What a what a great combo. <laughs> and what would you call that? A plate? A plaid shirt? Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But does does a lot of great hits here. And on the back cover, he, he's looking very. <laughs> Plaintiff here, he's, he's getting ready for his concert, his big opening night, as the title suggests, um, looking through the, the sheet music just to make sure he's going to sing it in the right key. Um, and he's got classics on here, such as Opening Night, of course, All You Need Is The Music, Who Doesn't Love That?, Solitaire, and, uh, and probably one of the great Australian songs, Australia Be Proud. So mm-hmm. uh, cool. we've got to thank uh, Simon for, for sponsoring this episode, so go out to your favourite record shop. Um, ask them for a copy of Simon Gallagher's Opening Night, uh, and you, you won't go wrong with that. It's a classic release, guaranteed to uh, you know, for those romantic nights when you're stuck at home with your significant other in these difficult times. This is a this is a a deal sealer, as they say. I,
3: I just want to mention on the back cover, uh, is that a Casio watch he's wearing? I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't it looks think so. like a calculator Casio yeah. watch. <laughs> it
1: is too, yes. Oh, it is. It's, that's actual, cool. it's a classic Casio on the back there. So that... Uh,
0: he's ahead of his time, I think. Yeah. That's what he's seen. Given this, this was probably 1981 or something. Yeah. He's right up there.
1: That's very, very special. So, yeah, do yourself a favour. Go out and get yourself a copy of Simon Gallagher's opening
0: night. Tell on Ben sent Yeah, as
1: always. Tell on Ben sent you. All right. <laughs> mm. So we're going to kick it off. Uh, tonight's episode, I don't think we even mentioned this at the top of the show, and I probably should have. That's, that's, uh, that's me being totally out of sync with this whole corona mm. situation. But uh, tonight's yes. episode is another isolation episode, and we're calling it Melancholy Songs. So these are songs that, uh, you know, uh, very uh, uh, you know, autumnal, bring up uh, thoughts of... Uh, what would you, uh, you know, help me out here guys, what would you say these are melancholy these are, melancholy. These are songs, songs that make you I mean, feel the yeah. feels is that what I'm
0: getting here? Yeah. I mean um, we, we always have this classic way of uh, interpreting or misinterpreting what the topic is even if it's as simple as this but I took it to mean sad songs songs that are sad and, and sound sad you know you get that a combination don't you there's all sorts of different ramifications there's sad lyrics, happy tune, there's the opposite um you know i'm not a mathematician but you know you can you can figure it out there's a there's a there's a number like diagram coming on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah as Elton yeah. would I'm say sad songs one. say
1: so much
3: so they do but it's an unusual thing isn't it where sometimes you want to i don't want to say wallow but sometimes you just want to uh, you know, be, be, be quiet and pensive and, and ruminate over where you are. And, and I guess when you're stuck in self-isolation, maybe there's more rumination going on than ever before.
2: Oh, I prefer definitely. to I've got calluses my
3: end,
1: so. mm. Beautiful. All right. So I believe, uh, Kev, you've got something you want to kick us off for, a, a particularly melancholy song for you that you
0: would yeah love to share. Well I think I think the way to do it is just to tell you that this is spiritualized. Um, um the the nineties uh um classic nineties uh, band. Um from the album Ladies and Gentlemen, We are floating in space. Um yeah, this is called Broken Heart and it is sad. Nice one.
1: classic sort of early nineties uh, or early to mid nineties, um, sort of synth driven. Yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, it's in the, it's in that vein of your sort of Portishead and. Uh, uh, what are you, tell us, talk us through this, Kev. What is this? Is this have a well? The funny or? thing
0: is about um, uh, this band, Spiritualized. They came out of Spaceman Three, that were a, pretty much a drone rock psychedelic group, and. Um, when uh, Jason Spaceman uh, left that band and formed this one, um, he really went into a very ambient world, um, and uh, brought out a couple of albums. Um, this I think was the second um, with this new band, and um, I think the thing about this is that um, it's a it's a piece in itself. Um, it tells a story, um, but this song just always just seems to me to be about the chord. Uh, progression—it just you just you're just being told misery <laughs> and sadness <laughs> okay. and depression. But with the way these chords just work down and down, but it's a beautiful song. I've got i bro- I've got a broken heart, and it's, it's as simple as that. I'm too busy to be heartbroken. You know, we felt that. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I should be doing, but you know, it's just always there. And the the song just has this beautiful orchestral thing. Um, since as you say, um a big departure you know from <laughs> the type of stuff that um, he'd been doing originally um, yeah but it, it, it's you know it's it's a it's a memory of sadness for me, but it's also um I think it's instantly melancholy yeah
2: I think it's quite surprising it's quite surprising Kev, because uh, listening to that it's very much like uh, some of the bits of um shine you crazy diamond. Uh, Pink Floyd, "Wish You Were Here." Ooh, Floydian, um, Floydian, wow. which, which ordinarily—that's why you would love
1: detest. it. Yeah, that's why you love so. it, uh, Kev.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: no, no. I mean, I've said before that the that, that, that Floyd have definitely inspired bands that I enjoy, um, and that's that's. You know, that's Much to your chagrin, just about accept that. Yeah, um, you know the, the whole idea of floating in, in space. You know these are these are you know bands that prepare prepared to go right out there um, um, explore the universe if you like and, and come back with four chords and the truth in this case the truth is that this guy is messed up <laughs> 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 it's it's just it's a real distillation for me it's just he just got he's got sadness down to as i say just a few chords and some orchestral stuff and he will just he'll just get you right in the feels on that one
1: mm. very good well, thanks for that, Kev. Very good. Um, I'm going to go next. And this is a Joni Mitchell song. Uh, and now this is a song which is just an incredibly beautiful song and, and incredibly melancholy. And in particular, um, people, most people might know this song from the... Uh, it gets played in uh, Love Actually, in the movie Love Actually, and as part of the soundtrack of that. Uh, but they play the orchestral version, which was um, recorded in 2000 or... Not recorded in two thousand, but released in two thousand on her uh, both sides now uh, album. This is I've decided tonight to play the original nineteen sixty nine version of this, which is on her on acoustic guitar and just purely. I love both versions, but this is purely for me uh, just to for those people who do know the song, the the more orchestral version, which is a gorgeous uh, version. This this one in some ways feels even more intimate and and even more heartbreaking because it is just her and acoustic guitar. So this is Joni Mitchell with Both Sides Now, 1969 recording. Um, Yeah, hope you enjoy
3: I, I love how it starts it really talking about clouds and you're sort of going, yeah, what's all this about? But then it comes down to I don't know anything about love, I don't know anything about life. It's, uh, it's awesome. Mm. It's great. Great just, lyrics. Just a beautiful, beautiful song.
1: And she's, she has to be one of the most underrated melodists. Melodists? What's
0: the?
2: Yeah, yeah. they'll do. Mel- they'll do. <laughs> melodists uh, of melodians? all time. Melodians? Melodians
1: of all time. So, yeah she uh she does yeah. some crazy things with some obscure chords, but always seems to find a way back to just a beautiful melody so yeah, yeah. one of the great ones
0: so and it's flawless as well, you know you don't really pay attention to that while she's while well, she's doing it because you get lost in what's happening. I saw a play on a um a, i don't know a documentary a while ago, and she just picks up this acoustic and and off she goes, and mm. um as you say it's just incredible chords, incredible melees flying mm. around the place, but you're lost in the story.
2: Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. you
0: kind of, you know,
2: yeah. I was uh, just thinking as well, like uh, with the title, uh, like initially I thought this is going to be a tribute to Brett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it both ways. Yeah. Well, both sides now, you know. It was, <laughs> so it's nice ah. to see that it was a little a little deeper than that.
3: Yeah, if my drift, sure. So. A little
1: more philosophical, yeah.
3: Hmm. Nice, nice of you to ruin the moment there, Al <laughs> Very nice of you there I do it, right. can. So who's next? we got uh, Brett That would be me Okay uh, Straight up, Peter Gabriel uh, From the uh, From his 1986 Album, So And this song called Mercy Street.
1: I mean such a good album to start with, but yeah, there's some in Looking particular, is about great Other
3: all of the buildings. It's
1: almost like he it's almost like his voice is just lent to this type of sound, is isn't it? And I know coming out of prog rock and that, it it, it tends to, yeah, there's a lot of those sort of themes where it's very, you know, can be quite dark and sort of meaningful and emotional, but his voice in particular and and his style of writing just seems to lend itself to this sort of really heartfelt, I don't know, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but there's something about it just really touches you.
3: But I think the vocalisation is haunting. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh, and... and uh, I think that's what I'm trying uh, to say, like I a, think, it, yeah. Yeah, and there's like a soundscape uh, that it creates as well in, in this song and in, in other songs from the same album. Which is from um, the prog past. Like, that,
1: that soundscape comes from yeah. that proggy past where you're sort of building a story beyond the sort of words and music itself. Yeah, it's and, and that
2: imagery. I was just going to say, I think also because uh, with his vocals, he's doing a harmony, I think, essentially an octave below. Where well, you can hear it gives it a very
1: ethereal uh, sort of... A ch- of ch- f-
2: yeah, and a yeah. bit churchy as mm. well.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a choir uh, yeah. Yeah. A uh, good point. Yeah, nice. Good one. Excellent
2: well Florida. uh again uh, when i looked at my list of uh, melancholy songs uh how can you choose so it was, i man. actually started i was going to go for you know the alphabet thing again cuz oh, it, it seemed it seemed to please everyone so much last time
0: so, uh, so popular but, last time yeah <laughs>
2: so, so so i didn't do that but i discovered that my first song started with l anyway <sighs> uh, so, so it's just a bonus. So this is uh, this is Jeff Buckley with Lilac Wine.
1: I lost myself on a cool dead night. I gave myself in that misty light, was hypnotized by Beautiful a beautiful song. Day. I know we've had Jeff on here oh, quite a few times. We've mentioned him, but um, yeah, talk about such an impact for such a small amount of work this is a particularly beautiful song
2: yeah yeah I mean it's a it's a very uh yeah it's one of the songs that does give me uh goosebumps and i like i like playing it uh even though it's a sad song um it's quite uh when quite satisfying playing it, especially playing it on guitar. It's one of his easiest songs to play along with. Um, but interestingly, it was because he does a fair number of covers. Uh, that one was from a 1950s uh, musical. Um, and a few people have done different versions. Nina Simone did one in the 60s, which is probably closest to what uh, Jeff did with it. Um, but Miley Cyrus also did one in 2012. Wow. Uh, wow. In her transition from Hannah Montana to uh, to Ball, um, <laughs> and it was just so she did it in 2012. Next year, she released Wrecking Ball and was <laughs> gliding across the screen naked on a giant wrecking ball. So, sure,
1: it's uh, it's quite something with a bottle of lilac wine between her legs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, again, though, it's it's uh, it's a vocal delivery, isn't it? There's such a vulnerability in his. Mm in his voice, uh, you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's the key to his voice when he goes to the falsetto and that. Um, I mean, yeah, you can just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the ability to, to make you make you feel as he's feeling while he's singing the song.
1: Yeah. That's the thing with Jeff, though, isn't it? It's like it's all about delivery, both vocally and with his guitar. Like he just, he's somehow been able to come up with a unique vocal style and a unique guitar style in that short period of time that he was sort of out there and, and sort of producing work, um, like I can hear you can hear almost like if you hear a, you know a section of, of Mojo Pin or something, just the I'm talking about like a guitar solo or something like that.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, instantly you go, oh that's that's Jeff Buckley playing. Or if you hear his voice kick into something like this, it's like oh that's Jeff Buckley's voice. Like how do you how do you come up with both a unique voice and a unique guitar style? You know, a so young, but b in such a short sort of period of of time when you were sort of producing you know, work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, for me, I find this to be quite you know, like a whimsical song. It's pretty. Um, I I maybe enjoyed like the Jeff Buckley period more when he was like whacking away at the guitar and really getting his heart and soul into it. I find this stuff a little bit too not melodramatic you know, but just a bit, Tweet. I know, if I was, if I was gonna, if I was feeling sad and I put this on, it wouldn't connect, maybe, it's just, it's too pretty, and, um, and, and, and in of itself, like a lovely piece of music, but it's not necessarily for me, uh, yeah, something that connects with sadness, off okay. the bar, you know. so
1: that's a good segue into what
0: your next one is, Kev, what have you got for us? Well, what, my next one was going to be something else as, uh, um, as I let slip. slip, um, but I've changed it. I got inspired by the Buckley, and um, I'm going to leave that as a, as a bit of a guess as we listen to this one um, by This Moral Coil, and um, have a listen and um, see what you reckon.
1: Nice vocal.
2: Yeah.
1: What's the story behind this one, Kev? Is this uh, uh, members from some other band, or is this a, a you know was this their first incarnation? So oh to speak? man,
0: it's a it's a conglomeration. This coil came out of. Um...
1: Well, that's what I'm thinking because well, it feels like they've got a lot of confidence. Feels like they're coming with a lot of confidence here. so...
0: Yeah. They're playing a Tim Buckley song. This is a cover of Tim Buckley, Just Dad, um, Song to the Siren. And um, the lyrics are heartbreaking, Um, just to do with failed love and misconnection. Liz uh, Fraser's um, vocal delivery, just incredible. Um, You would know her from um, last week. Yeah, it's Cocktail Twins, uh, right? Yeah. Cocktail Twins. and this current band, then this Mortal Coil came out of those, uh, those members. Certainly, it uh, a lot of space. Oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Reaching it was always razor, a beautiful song. It, it, I was kind of fifty-fifty as to whether to actually go with Tim Buckley's version myself, but I think it's quite a testament to be able to take something so strong and you know. Um, Create something else different and equally lovely.
2: So, so is, she, is she actually singing the lyrics for the song in this one uh, as they're
0: written? Yes, yeah, she or? is. She's, she's Scottish, so it's hard to tell. That's um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but from when your previous it, uh- episode, Kev, you were saying that uh, with the Cocteau Twin stuff, she was making up a lot of sort of lyrics as she went.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes, as, as I said, of or her vocals just turn into a made-up language. Um, in this case, she is singing the lyrics, but there's a lot of inflection she's putting into different mm-hmm. words that, you know, um, and it's quite a heavily accented um, performance as well. So, all joking aside, it <laughs> isn't that <laughs> going in. Um, but yeah, just a beautiful thing and it'll, it will, in the right mood, yeah, hit you right in the feels.
1: Mm. Nice, very good. Ah, love it. Like her voice is incredible. Like it, it, it really. I mm. mean, I love to work in in Cocktail Twins, but I'll have to check this. I haven't. I must admit, I never sort of investigated further into this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out some more stuff yeah. of the, this Mortal Coil.
0: Indeed, and hard not to. Um, yeah, just throw in the um, the little connection back to Tim and Jeff there as well.
3: Mm. Mm. So why is it that we can all agree about a sad song, but not a inspirational <laughs> song? What's going on? Everyone's going, yeah, that's right. What's going yeah. on?
0: Is it unequivocal? I mean, what, you're dealing with tender emotion and you're sort of not wanting to jump in and go, oh, my God, really? Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just too personal. You hear that and what's what's going on? I mean, the performers that we've chosen today aren't, you know, um, doing things that are uh, antagonistic. They are soothing songs there, you know? Mm-hmm. probably
2: that, That's probably, I think, the antagonism. Like, I think if we're going, these are songs that make us feel low, then the rest of the lords are probably going, cool, job done. Whereas <laughs> if it's a happy song, mm-hmm. you know, you got to go, no, no, I, you're not going to be happy. I'm going to kick you in the nuts, mm-hmm. it's something that you like, until you feel a bit sad. And so, therefore, <laughs> you know... <Okay>. so. <laughs>
0: The sort of uber shade and frauds going on. It's like, I'm happy, you're sad, great. Next uh, <laughs> um, it.
1: Well, here's it. one that you can oh, shit okay. all over me about. This is uh, <laughs> my next choice, and this is such a beautifully melancholy song that's sad, about a breakup, clearly, about, you know, a couple that want to stay together but can't and, uh, you know, the, the greatest, the greatest of all the uh, themes in in what would be a melancholy slash uh, heartbreak type of song. Uh, this is Rihanna with "Stay," and this is featuring uh, Mickey Echo, and and he actually co-wrote this as well. So um, beautiful, the Mickey Echo. beautiful, beautiful melody. Um, incredible delivery by Rihanna, and yeah, this is one of the great melancholy songs.
2: All
3: controversial pick
1: controversial pick but uh, I've tried to yeah well, we we were limited to two I did try to span uh, the decades with my choices and two of my choices that have been cut and we may get to mention them later uh, were from the other decades so to speak uh, from the uh, 80s and and 90s Uh, but this one I thought I'd throw in something you know again as a blatant uh, push to get some younger audience members but also a song <laughs> also a song that i actually just really do love um, if you listen to it right through beautiful beautiful melodies and uh, yeah incredible
2: lyrics as well uh, and certainly uh, so I it's lord my ben. favorite
0: video of the night that's for sure
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just wondering lord benny are you gonna are you gonna do a TikTok for this one as uh, well just to bring in those <laughs> just to bring in the kids I think try. I might
1: uh yeah I might re- try to recreate this um, <laughs> I might try to recreate the clip uh, in my own club uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> not sure how successful it'll be or whether it'll be uh uh you know uh banned from YouTube but um <laughs> yeah we'll see how we go
0: Yeah it's it's not a case of if but when uh, let me just <laughs> say <it>. but um, <laughs> guy, like I, 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 I'm I, interested in this because there is a movement among the youth, isn't there? There's sadcore. If you listen to, um, you know, uh, 60% of what you'll hear Triple J playing is this beats-driven, moody stuff. Um, I have to blame the Wonderful Lord for this. It's just seemed to go down into that at that point. Too much of a good thing, I think. And this kind of, for me, falls into that genre. And we said we weren't going to give each other a hard time, but it doesn't really connect and make me feel sad. It just makes me feel there's something missing. We're just going to do a sad single for the album, you know? Uh, But then I don't know it very well, and I feel like it would bear a few listens. Certainly the video would um, Yeah, well, I'd
1: encourage encourage you to watch it a few times, Kev, and uh, you might feel differently afterwards. Yeah, might be melancholy, might be a different feeling. Might mm. be a private I mean, kind I mean, of feeling. Uh, yeah, you might want to get some solitude yourself after watching it a few times. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I encourage you to do that.
3: Mm. It's also, doesn't it also help when you know uh, the, the singer or the person who's doing a song um, has had some trouble? You know, that, that seems to work for me. When, when you go, yep, yeah, this person has seen a bit of pain in their life, uh, then, then you sort of it makes it easier
1: to relate to. Yeah, so you're talking about sort of an authenticity that you know they've had, you know, a drug battle or a you know whatever breakups, and emotional issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it almost lends an authenticity to the to the process.
0: Exactly. If, for example, Chris Brown put out the same record the same week, you might not have the same amount of sympathy for listening <laughs> to the pain. Um, <laughs> Definitely, and I think that um, well, let's just say Fuck that guy, at a number one <laughs> record. But um, yeah, I think that um, I, th- I think that that's that's got to do with like why you know you do connect to it sometimes is because you know the backstory. I and mean, we played um, some spiritualized earlier on. Jason Pierce's songs may well sound about heartbreak, but they're actually all about heroin. And um, every single song he's ever written—that's that's so, the love uh, of his life. Yeah. It's, it's that, yeah, you know. So it's it's kind of like once you know what he's going through all the time, it tends to sort of colour, um, you know, how you think about those songs as well. Perhaps oh. not for the best. All right. So, Brett, what have you got for us?
3: Okay. Hey, well, well my my point about when you know someone has had a troubled life, then it might make it easier to understand, mm. um, is my selection for the next one because, because this makes me feel... Sad because you, I know where this guy might have been at. And it's uh, John Lennon's God. Sure. And if you listen to it from about 2... 2.12, 2.10, you hear him really get into it. Yeah.
1: So to add some context here... Um, he had just finished his Primal Scream therapy period, uh, and when he did this Plastic a Band album, he came off that, and he had a couple of songs on this, uh, Mother God, which were direct results of that Primal Scream therapy. Um, so that's it, it, yeah, which was for those uninitiated, um, and I'm not pretending to be some kind of expert on Primal scream therapy but um it's about yeah really just releasing (laughs) every anger every issue every emotion everything that's holding you back everything that's like you know tying you down in your life you are releasing it in, in, in 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 these controlled sort of screams um as a as a as a way of therapy um and he had literally just come through that period and so those two songs in particular mother and god of this album were direct results from that?
0: Oh yeah, I, I agree, and I, I just think that um, what a great idea for another Lords episode. Um, we just, just on screen therapy, screen yeah. version. We're just <laughs> just screaming. We're just just the <laughs> of it. Oh, you're saying, so yeah, how, you're what's saying what's let's do our own media? screen
1: therapy for a whole episode. Yeah, that'd
0: be yeah. I think a scream episode. Um, <laughs> what's working for me here is the descending chords, and I think this is like when I went through choosing some. I kept hearing this trick that people have for getting you. Boom. Mm. Then it goes, doom, It's a descent
1: into madness, this particular chord progression, yeah.
0: We're going into something, yeah. And, you know, the the Spiritualized Song did that. And a couple of others I listened to definitely had that trick to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to try and find one that doesn't – yeah.
3: And it's interesting because because when you know – you know, I mean, Lennon was – was well-known for leaping on any bandwagon and he was looking for, a, looking for the solution and, and, and then for him to put in a song where he actually almost goes through and says, you can almost say, well, this was his Elvis period, this was his Dylan period, you know, this is when, you it's know, Mantra and, and Gita and, and that. And, and, and he's, just, he's just saying, you know, well, I don't believe that anymore and I don't believe that anymore and then he, and then he puts the boot into the Beatles um, and you sort of go, holy shit. I mean, uh, because, you know, uh, up until then, you know, the fan base would have been looking to him to to give them direction, you know. You know, so they're all they're all listening to Indian music because the Beatles are, are listening to Indian music um, and, and, and all that spiritual stuff. And then for him just to come in and in the nine seventy just wipe it all and say it's all shit. Uh, and I don't believe in any of it.
1: Mm. I think... Look, I'd almost take exception to this. Um, I feel like... No, I, like I get where you're going with it. and it, I, For me, it's not a melancholy song. I feel like this is a, like a madness slash... Um, I feel like we need to do a, an episode where we tackle sort of songs where people are clearly unhinged and dealing with some serious mental issues during the recording of certain songs. Like, no, I'm serious. I think there'd be a... Yeah, you know, we can bring in some Sid Barrett stuff and some. Yeah, you know, like I think there's people who have breakdowns on record, and this would be a great topic to try to bring out some of those songs.
2: But so maybe so uh, I'm just thinking, like uh, you two did a response song with God Part Two on a Rattle and Hum, where it was everything in the affirmative, essentially. It was like I believe in love, mm. I believe in this, I believe in that. Um, Still managing to put a few little digs in to people along the way. Um, so, would you see that song, uh, Brett, as as an adequate counterpoint to to John Lennon's song? Do you think it's uplifting, or do you just think it's a clever little uh, clever little song?
3: Yeah yeah I mean I get a little suspicious of of Bono in in, in those times you know because uh, yeah I don't know it it's it's uh yeah how I, I, we go back to authenticity how authentic was he going how
1: can he be how know? can he be authentic in that moment like they've already they've already had success i mean what's he yeah like what yeah okay I guess they could be authentic in the sense that they've now finally achieved success. They've now finally seen the heights and they've seen the... Yeah, so now they go, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in, in, you know, capitalism. Yeah, I believe in whatever. Like, you know, so maybe they're being authentic in that way, but it can't have... It's not the same impact.
3: Yeah. It's... Look, I could I, I take Ben's... And I guess for me, yeah, Lenin is so unhinged, you're right, um, well, you know, his dream is over. The dream fucking, is over. The he's dream so high
1: on heroin during that period that he doesn't even know what he's saying. The starters,
3: I mean. You know. <laughs> but but again, that, I mean, in my head, that's. Uh, I mean, that, this is the uh, this is the start of the unhinged period for him, right? And this is how low the guy is. The guy has just reached the zenith of 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 music, uh, and this is how he feels. Yeah, this and, is his lowest w- period, and it wipes him out for for eight nine years, right?
1: Well, essentially, I mean, he obviously releases he releases music through to '75, but um, then he takes five years off, basically, before mm. um, uh, yeah, before the next album. So, um, yeah, look it's it it's certainly the it's certainly the bottom of his it, it's him coming to terms with his with what's happened to that point. And, uh, you know, and he, so he's addressing, and if you look at the record, he's addressing all those things. He's addressing loss of his mother. He's addressing, you know, in this song, he's addressing basically, I don't believe in, you know, Dylan and, and the Beatles and, and everything, you know, and borders and whatever. In the next album, which is imagine, you know, he's going, you know, imagine if there was no borders. Imagine if there was no religion. Imagine if there was no, like, you know, so he's clearly a guy, you know, searching for meaning, um, you got to see this album, the Plastic Ono Band album, as a um, as his low point as far as his sort of mental descent. Um, he then builds it up with sort of Imagine, and then he goes into Walls and Bridges, and and some of the other albums, um, Mind Games, etc. And then cuts it off at seventy five, and basically just wants to bake bread and and raise his his kid after that until nineteen eighties. Um, yeah. Uh, sort of comeback album, and then he's shot. So, you know, literally on the release of that album. So, um, yeah. But this, like, I think you've picked a good track there. I just, I just wonder if there's another episode in this where we do talk about artists who are right at their sort of mental limits. Um, whether yeah. that's whether that's good or bad. I just think that's yeah. That's that'd be a fascinating episode to talk about artists who are sort of right at their.
3: Yeah, been pushed to that sort of that limit. And that's right, because because in this one particular, in this instance, it works. I mean, it's a great album, and I think it is because it's so raw, and and he's able to communicate that to you that it's 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 uh, it's an intense listen. Um, oh, it's a hard listen. It's like a se-
1: it's yeah, like yeah. going through your own therapy session listening to it. Yeah. All right. So who are we back to? Back to Al.
2: Oh, it's me. That's stuff of the Beatles for now. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so my next song, um, just to be perverse, after I discovered that my my first song that came to mind started with L, I picked another song that started with L wow. as well, just for completion. Um, so this is a uh, this is Sticky Fingers with Lick Lip Loaded Gun. Three, three. <laughs>
3: I could disappear
2: So you would never see me Al, so, tell us about I this one. What? In, um. So, um... This is... Well, uh, unhinged,
3: the guy's unhinged, right? There's no doubt about it. Right. And there's, there's have there's we slipped proof that there's on guys unhinged. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, well, that's the thing, like, when you're... Like I, I do feel yeah. sad looking
0: at them. That's,
2: you know, <laughs> so I, well, that's the thing, like it's quite off putting what you're I just want to get out my
1: scissors and give him a haircut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you listen to the song like, like I did, I was just driving one day and heard it on Triple J. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. It was one of the songs that made me pull over and write you know, write down. Um, yeah. part of the lyrics I could search for it later. Um because, yes, I mean, the, I don't think the video does it justice because generally I think the the band Sticky Fingers are... Uh, like, I don't know a lot about them. They're an Australian band. I think they're usually a little more lighthearted. hearted uh, So this was quite a, a different song for them. See, my um,
1: initial thoughts are none of these guys have a job and I'm essentially <laughs> paying for this music to be created.
2: Yes. <laughs> P- possibly, possibly. Possibly. Um, but this song was about uh, a person that I knew who No, actually I actually uh, do like had, it. Yeah. Yeah, had a lot of a lot of trouble with um with uh drink. Um and you know, causing them to do you know all, all the bad things that you shouldn't do, uh when you're uh drinking too much and um and using the drink as a uh as a way to deal with your pain. Um so like listening to the song is like it's nice because it's always I always have a soft spot for uh for delayed or you know heavy reverb guitar. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got a good sound. Yeah, and, and it uh, it matches, I think, lyrically when they start talking about you know the ocean type of thing. It's got this you know swelling uh, depth type of thing that you mm. get carried away on. So anyway, okay. I mean that's. Does does twenty fourteen?
3: So I don't yeah, know. Good if they
2: you can continue. Well, well,
3: good. All right. Well, well, that that brings that that brings us that young crowd, though, right? Yeah,
2: that's uh, right. absolutely. It's you know, that's Rihanna,
3: City Fingers. Because uh, yeah. I also think you, you were talking, you know, before we should be doing, you know, uh, uh, an episode on on unhinged people. Well, we have Alan with us every night. Um, and yeah. you know, well, we just he, let our lose for an episode. and He can just go for it, yeah. <laughs> because he's got some connection with reverb, so I mean that's awesome.
2: Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you could do a whole uh, you'd do a whole episode on analyzing me, or you could just let me r- run right for the night. So <laughs> yeah, your right, choice. Well, maybe i well, can do, do, do one first, and then the other one second. So
1: look, I know, I know. For me, it was very hard to just limit it to two for this episode. So let's have a quick. Whip around and see if anyone had any other ones. I just want to throw out there when I can listen to them, but let's throw them out. So let's start with you, Kev. Do you have? You obviously would have had about what three, four hundred others that you wanted to throw in there for melancholy.
0: <laughs> Given the chance, yeah. Like um, I really like sad music and um, like being Who a Smiths fan. You know, and that's that's the accusation that gets thrown at them all the time. But I couldn't actually think of a sad, sad Smith song. You know, one that was both melancholy sounding and um, sad actually sounding music um, whereas uh, Solange, Beyonce's sister, brought a song called Losing You uh, which was another in that pocket of descending chords. Uh, Goldfrap had a song called Black Cherry which is just that atmospheric just heartbroken lyric. Yeah, you know, song. yeah. Minimalistic but just does the job and my last mention would be for Beck who, um, speaking about unhinged artists, he released an album about divorcing um, th- due to drugs, and uh, the um, the divorce album <laughs> is a well-known trope in music, but this one just doesn't let up. The, the first song is called Golden Age, and it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, songs like Lost Cause and things like that, they are each, in and of themselves, each one would have qualified to, uh, to be in this collection.
1: Cool. Um, the, other, the other couple I had was, uh, well, you can't talk melancholy without talking The Cure, and I had a hard time picking between um, Pictures of uh, You and "Plain Song, but I ended up going with Pictures of You as just a beautiful melancholy song. Um, and I also had um, Radiohead's uh, Street Spirit, Fade Out. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastically melancholic song. So that was my trying to hit the 80s and then the 90s and
3: another,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Brett, did you I have some others? I formally in the 90s. I just did not lose that ticket. I just can't get <laughs> Wouldn't it. Wouldn't expect right. anything else, Kev. <laughs>
1: no, you got to stick on yeah. brand, mate. That's good. <laughs>
3: Um, well, I had uh, I had a bit of Floyd in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, generally known for some some uh, some angry songs, but oh in, God, in the you wall, could find yeah, you could find all. Kinds I mean, nobody of home. That's just such a, a lamenting mm. where he's just mm. he's at the low point. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And another another album you mentioned, uh, Ben uh, Walls and Bridges. Uh, Lennon does uh, nobody loves you when you're down and out, mm. which is right when he's when basically the music world has rejected him because he can't write a decent song at that point yeah and, that's right. uh, and he and, he, and, he, and he has that terrible lyric where he says um uh everybody loves you when you're six feet in the ground and it's like wow yeah. you know <laughs> uh five or six years later yeah he's gonna live right. that. he's gonna live that completely you're living the so, truth. And, and again it's those cases where where if i i really can uh empathize with someone when i know that their song they're writing from is from a from a real place not a made up
1: place. Yep, absolutely. Al, do you have some others there? Or?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do um, so like they start with uh, Al? And, uh, no, they don't. Um, Later. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, theoretically at least. Should, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Pink Floyd, uh, again. So yeah, another one off the wall was uh, The Thin Ice, second track in. Yeah, great stuff. Just like, you know, yep. it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, Welcome to the Machine. Uh, that's another good one. Uh, pigs on the Wing. Like, there are just so many little bits in there where it's not, you know, it's not anyone being particularly bitter. It's just, you know, a little depressing when you look at uh, life through that particular lens. Mm, I was listening to that uh, to, last to Two to others, mm. to, to <laughs> others that I thought of were um, were kind of opposites in lyrical depth. And uh, one was Paul Simon, "Slip sliding Away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, even though it was never released on uh, a proper album, it was recorded for an album, um, and it was only released on a compilation album. And ended up being a success. It was quite surprising. Mm. But you know, the lyrics on that are quite. Uh, you know, on the one hand, they're a little flippant, but then they're also looking at some at deeper themes. Mm. Um,
1: the verse that attack, the the verse that uh, attacks sort of uh, domestic life with the, you know and your wife and, you know, with a husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's particularly, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Or, you know, the father turning up to, to mm. tell his mm. son, all the reasons for the things he'd done. And then he just kisses him on the head and drives home again. Yeah. Instead yeah. of explaining it all. Um, and of course the song finishes with reflection on death. Um, yeah. So I'd, you know, I'd, I'd encourage,
1: this. I'd encourage people to check out our greatest lyricist episodes. I'm pretty sure Paul yes. Simon appears there a couple of times.
2: Definitely. But on the, but the, Another song that came to mind was uh, Angus and Julia Stone um, with a song, A Heartbreak, which is off their uh, the third album, the self-titled one. Um, and it probably wins points for me just because of its uh, the mood that they they build up. It's not lyrically anything to to write home about. Some of the lyrics don't make a lot of sense, but they sound good together. Um and, yeah, that one in particular, even though it's quite a, you know, it's a song that chugs along uh, nicely, it's also a little bit despondent of, uh, of life and the lies that we tell, our t- tell ourselves. So.
1: Okay. Good one. All right. Well, I think well, that gonna... feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I just feel so uplifted after that. That's yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I know a great time finding. Um, you know, <laughs> I wonder if there is a a side effect listening to other people's sad music. Mm. If I yeah, but honestly,
1: like it. I do yeah. on I do honestly find a it's quite personal, isn't it?
0: Yeah, some uplifting <clears throat>
1: element in in listening to sad songs. It's almost like you you do get a little bit of you know. Yeah, you've been through it. I'm going through it. Look, like, there's a almost a camaraderie. So yeah, I don't see it as. As a depressing sort of subject. So, thanks very much, guys, for bringing this one.
0: Pink Floyd, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, that really is measurable. Very good.
1: Because
3: I also also think there's artistry in in being able to convey your feelings and make other people feel like you did. I mean, that's yeah. you know, it's like looking at a painting and you go, "Yes, yeah, so I I I, can, I get it." It's mm. the same thing with a piece of music. If you if you can truthfully relay how you're feeling and have someone you know chime in or, or clue in yes. plug into that feeling then then that's yes. the sign of a great artist
1: yeah absolutely 100 percent agree all right and with that note we might uh wrap it up there so thank you very much for listening and yeah you and your families stay very safe over this difficult uh self-isolation time and we will catch you again next time When you tune in to listen to the Lords of Loud. And don't forget to check out our website, lordsofloud.com, and also find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Lords of Loud. Thanks for listening.
3: Smooth yeah smooth.